1: Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scolan along with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. We're talking about debt consolidation solutions. We're going to learn about those what options and services are available and what to consider when you choose the best solution for yourself. Debt consolidation is a pretty broad term, covers all kinds of debt repayment strategies. And according to Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, he's going to detail the fact that consumers don't know what can cost them, and it's sometimes more than what you think. Blair's going to explain the differences in consolidation options that we should be aware of, as well as considerations in deciding on the path forward. So Blair, can you start by sharing some of the key basics around debt consolidation options that you think are the most important for us, just regular Joe Blow consumer, that we should know about?
0: Oh, for sure, Elaine. You know, debt consolidation is almost always one of the first strategies people consider uh, when they think about starting to repay their debt and taking some action different than what they're already doing. Usually the goals of debt consolidation is to streamline your finances. So make it more simple, have just a single monthly payment to cover all of your debts instead of having to juggle different payments on different dates to different creditors and maybe missing one or something like that. Things go off the rails. So the idea is it's going to be a whole lot more simple if you can consolidate and put all of your debt together. Uh, The other goal of debt consolidation is to save you some money so hopefully you're going to be able to consolidate at a lower interest rate than what you're being charged on your debt so you know most traditionally people might have you know three different credit cards and they decide they're going to take out a consolidation loan from their bank the credit cards might be at something like twenty percent interest and maybe the consolidation loan is around twelve percent interest so they're going to save you know a bunch of money there Uh, you know another really good good factor too in considering debt consolidation is it gives you a plan for paying off your debt And as we talk about a lot on the show, if you're trapped in the minimum payment cycle, you've got credit card balances, you pay the minimums, they don't go down each month, Uh, you could be paying for decades even on small balances. So generally when you consolidate your debt, you're doing it over a specified term, it's going to have an idea of bringing that debt eventually down to zero. think a couple things that people need to be really aware of is that there's more than one way to consolidate debt. There's actually a number of different ways. And you can consolidate debts without borrowing. So when most people think about debt consolidation, they think they have to go to the bank and get a loan. The bank's going to pay off the other debts. Uh, and that's definitely Definitely one option, but there's other options such as home equity consolidation loans, um, balance transfers, um, along with the other basic consolidation loans. You know, those are different ways to borrow money. Uh, But sometimes the obstacles of that um, is that the bank might require you to have a pretty strong credit score if they're going to agree to give you some consolidation financing. And sometimes that can be tough if you had to miss some payments or if all your balances are pretty high. Uh, And even more concerning to this, sometimes banks might say, oh, yeah, we'll agree to do a consolidation loan, but we'd like to get a cosigner involved. So you get somebody, usually a friend or a family member, to sign on for that new loan, and you've just taken whatever issues that you've had that were just solely on on your shoulders and put them squarely on the shoulders of whoever else is going to co-sign that debt. And generally, when I sit down with folks that have co-signed debts, they never anticipated that they would be held responsible for an unpaid balance. But that's exactly the case, and I see this again and again. folks go through, get a consolidation loan uh, with a co-signer, they're unable to pay that consolidation loan in the future, and it's just that much more heartbreaking when they know them not paying that loan is going to put the co-signer into a tough, tough financial situation. Now, the final point here of concern if you're looking to borrow to consolidate your debts is that it can be expensive. So even if you do save on the interest rate, uh, you know, you're know you still looking at paying back all the debt 100% um, plus interest, and that can be something that's just not affordable. So you may not be able to get a very attractive rate if your credit isn't great or may not be able to be uh, approved at all, but even if you are approved, you've got to make sure it's something that fits into your budget and is not going to put you further in debt trying to pay off that consolidation each month.
1: So, uh, I like the fact that you talked about the whole co-signing thing because that's, that was new information when I first heard it from you. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's the last thing I want to do is bring somebody else and put that responsibility on them. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that again. Um, can you talk about more about the options for consolidating debt without borrowing and the specifics that people should consider when they start weighing their various options?
0: Definitely, Elaine. This is what I'm excited to to talk about because most people really understand, okay, debt consolidation, I'm getting a new debt to pay off the old debts. I get that. But a lot of folks are really shocked to learn that you can consolidate debt without having to borrow, without having to have a strong credit rating. There's two main ways you can do that in BC. Uh, One is to work with a credit counselor. And the way a credit counselor would consolidate your debt is they will essentially go to each of the banks that you owe money to and say, we're going to get you bank, we're going to get you back 100% of the debt but you have to agree to stop the interest so you basically would get consolidation at a 0% interest rate, which, you know, can sound very attractive and can be better than, than borrowing in some cases. Um, but there can be some pitfalls as well. well. We'll talk about those as we compare the options. Uh, you know, the second option that a more and more people are choosing just about every month now in BC is consolidating using a consumer proposal. And, you know, similar to what I've mentioned with a credit counselling plan, you're not borrowing any money. You're putting all of your debt together. You're getting the same... Uh, interest-free so there's nothing additional that ever gets added to the debt but the huge massive difference with a consumer proposal is because it's administered through a licensed insolvency trustee and because a trustee has the backing of federal government legislation that's put out there to protect consumers a consumer proposal can actually reduce the debt down to what you can really afford to repay so quite often it's in the range of $0.20 cents on the dollar, $0.30 cents on the dollar, it could be higher or lower depending on situations, but it's pretty rare that a proposal has to be 100% repayment of the debt, whereas a credit counselling plan, because there's no law, there's no legislation that gives any power to reduce debt, every credit counselling plan has to provide for 100% repayment of the debt. So, you know, that that's a big difference between the non-borrowing options is just how much you have to repay. You know, another big difference between them is considering well, what debts are actually being consolidated? And if you're dealing with an informal credit counselling plan, uh, as I alluded to earlier, they're great at working with the banks, you know, generally, they'll be able to achieve, you know, with a couple different credit cards, major Canadian banks will work with them. But a credit counselling plan can't work at all for government debt. So things like income taxes, GST, student loans, uh, ICBC, anything owing to government can never be consolidated in a credit counselling plan, whereas quite the opposite, a consumer proposal can deal with all of those debts, so all amounts owing to government, just about anything under the sun can be consolidated and reduced if you were to file a consumer proposal.
1: So some big advantages there. So here's the deal, folks. If you already know that you want to take some action and really seriously look at debt consolidation and the best f- solution for you that fits your situation, your personal situation, give Sands & Associates that telephone call. It's 1-800-661-3030. Or check out their website, sands-trustee.com, and you can make an appointment and, and set up an appointment through there. Um, so... I know we we sort of went over these uh quickly the different option solutions but I it's very clear to me the pros and cons of the main consolidation options that we've covered so if we were to boil them down a little bit can we do that for the last for a couple of minutes here blair
0: Oh, yeah, I think that that's really useful. So let's say, you know, here's the solution, what it is, here's the pros and the cons. So the first one we talked about, uh, very simply a bank loan or a financed debt consolidation, what most people think about when you borrow to consolidate, that's where a lender pays off each of your debts and rolls the combined balance into a new financed agreement. You agree to repay 100% of the debt with interest, so that's what we're talking about. In terms of the pro, the ideal state is that the new interest rate is going to be lower than what you're currently charging, so maybe, again, the 12%... Uh, versus 20. But on the downside, as we talked about, it can be really difficult to qualify for these terms. The monthly payments might be high if your debts are are rather high to begin with. And sometimes you'll be asked to get a cosign or to pledge some assets, which is never a good idea. So first option of bank finance debt consolidation has some upsides, but sometimes it can be pretty difficult to execute.
1: And the credit counseling debt management plans, again, uh, the pros of those, it, and I think the other piece that I always like when you talk about is the connection, uh, that the uh, credit counseling has with, um, the, the, uh, the person who's holding the debt often.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, essentially what you need to understand if you're dealing with a credit counselor is you're basically dealing with a collection agency, uh, and that's how credit counselors are licensed in several provinces across Canada, so even the not-for-profit credit counselors, they generally operate as collection agencies, and when you think about it, what they're trying to do is to get the bank back 100% of their debt, so generally that's what you'll have to pay if you do a, a uh, credit Counseling Debt Management Plan, um, you won't pay the interest, but you will pay some program charges on top of it, and those are completely unregulated. But also what can be the downside is you might be paying significantly more on those debts than you would reasonably have to if you were to choose a consumer proposal. You might have certain debts that just can't be included in a Credit Counseling Debt Management Plan, like whether it's the government debts um, or you know diff- different amounts to different individuals that just decide not to work with a credit counselor. Um, and because it's an in Formal plan, your creditors could decide, you know, to drop out at any point and decide they want to sue you for full payment. There's not a legally binding agreement. Um, And if you start to miss payments, there's nothing that protects you to say, hey, up to three missed payments, you're still okay. The whole deal can fall apart very quickly because again, it's just informal based on people taking your word that you're going to repay things back. Uh, That contrasts significantly with a consumer proposal, or as we've talked about, the biggest, biggest advantage is it's going to be geared to your household, to your income, to what you can actually afford to repay back. So oftentimes the debts can be reduced by 50 to 80%. Um, All your interest charges are stopped in a consumer proposal. And a consumer proposal has the additional power that if you're being sued for your debt, if you're having collection calls, you know, morning, noon, or night, as soon as you file a consumer proposal, all that has to stop by law. Even if you're supposed to be in court, you know, the next day to have your wages taken, you filing a consumer proposal stops all that debt in its tracks. So it gives you that extra protection, that ceasefire that you might need so you can restructure your debts.
1: And in the last minute or so, Blair, it's really clear that... um Not all of these solutions and debt help professionals, their solutions are created equal for a consumer.
0: Well, that's absolutely right, Elaine. That's why I'm so proud that we continue to do this show, because we're giving people the straight facts on what they need to know about it, what can be a very murky situation. So if you go to see a a credit counselor first, you might never be informed of a consumer proposal or it might be positioned in such a way that, well, you'd never want to do that. That's the same as a bankruptcy, which it absolutely is not. So you really do need to make sure you do your research. You know, trustees are independent, Um, officers licensed by the federal government were supposed to be unbiased to give you all of the information that you need, and other financial professionals don't have those same requirements, the same code, ethics, standards of professional practice. So if you start with a trustee, a trustee can advise you, you know, hey, maybe borrowing debt consolidation is your best option given your situation, or maybe credit counseling makes sense in this situation because it's pretty simple. It's a small amount of debt, but you'll get the straight goods by coming to a trustee first.
1: Yeah, get that debt-free plan that is really just right for you and designed just for you. Give Sands & Associates a call at 1-800-661-3030 or visit sands-trustee.com today to book your first free debt consultation with a BC Debt Help Expert. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. We're going to talk about seven facts. He's boiled it down to seven facts, folks, all about debt you probably didn't know. So if you were faced with a debt problem, would you know all your legal rights, options, and remedies? A lot of consumers, not obvious just how complex debt can be until facing the uncertainty of how to deal with it. So Blair's going to highlight the importance of seeking qualified support, sharing some facts about debt issues that maybe you don't know all about. We've talked before, Blair, about the the Sands catchphrase, knowing is not owing. So can you start us off with some depth facts that really highlight this for folks and, and maybe they haven't heard before?
0: Oh, certainly. I'm excited for today's um, segment as well, because I'm sure there's more than seven key things, but these are probably the top seven that I see people coming in consistently in consultations where, you know, we're really happy to educate, and, you know, the more that we can get the word out to others who might not even need to see us for a consultation, but just need to know this in their life, you know, that, that's success to me. So one thing that I often get, get asked about is, you know, sometimes it's a family going through a very tough situation, and they think that their personal debts might turn into a family issue if they're not a, able to pay all their debts off as they had planned, or if they pass away so essentially the question of can you inherit debt we get tons of calls on that all the time and sometimes it's after people have already taken some steps they well i know i'm going to inherit this debt anyway so i've liquidated this asset or that was that the right thing to do and then first thing we're going to say out of the seven today is that relationships alone family relationships, uh, they do not automatically create responsibility for debt. So a family does not inherit a personal liability for paying your debt just because they're related to you. Uh, if you have an unpaid debt when you pass on, your creditor can try to make a claim on your estate. So if there is, you know, um, some asset that you had when you passed on, yes, those assets have the right to be sold to pay debts. But if there's no assets in your estate, there's nobody else that can be held responsible for that. Now, the exception to this is if there is a co-signer, a co-borrower, uh, joint type of an account, you know, that's where things could have some shared liability. But for the most part, if someone has some debt and they pass on, unless it was a jointly held debt when they were alive, it, there's no way that it suddenly becomes a joint debt when they had passed on.
1: Okay. And that includes spouses too?
0: Yeah, that's a good point to add there, Elaine. So yeah, it a lot of people think if you marry somebody, you marry their debt. And we've talked about this for a number of segments in the past, but it's completely false. You don't marry someone's debt. And it's not the case that if someone had a significant debt, you know, say a husband owes a huge student loan, the government can't suddenly come to the wife and say, well, now you're married, I need you to start paying this student loan. So the debts remain separate, even though you're married. Now, again, there's a a difference. If you start getting joint debts together, you start borrowing things together. Of course, that's, you know, the obligation of both of you, but strictly speaking, each person's debts are their own debts, even, if they're
1: married. Okay. And you mentioned it, you mentioned about a joint debt. Uh, I think it's always so important to talk about co-signing because often that's the first thing that folks suggest they do to help somebody in their family or a close friend. And you are not a fan of that process.
0: No. In uh, my book I wrote a few years ago, uh, there's a big page that says, when is it wise to co-sign a debt? Almost never. I've heard very few situations where it is wise. You know, maybe it's a small student loan for the last semester of school. You know you've got the job already lined up. You'll be able to pay it back. You need your parents to co-sign. That was my example, and it worked out. But uh, for the most part, uh, when you co-sign a debt, most people don't think about the eventuality. If that original borrower can't pay it off, They're going to be on the hook for 100% of that debt, you know, most people think if you're co-signing a debt at most it's 50 50 liability or you know first they have to go and really chase that person down and make sure they can't get anything no if there's a default in that agreement um, they can come to all of the borrowers for full payment it's called joint and several liability and there could be credit rating impacts on that as well if the account not getting paid on on as according to plan and you're just the co-signer it could be reporting on your credit as well the payments aren't getting made so i've seen situations where people have so regretted co-signing a debt because then when they need to deal with their debt situation, they're leaving the co in a very tough financial situation. So I generally recommend against getting a co for any debts or being a co-signer. I also recommend the exercise caution if you're getting a supplementary card on a credit card account, really look at the cardholder agreement and make sure you're not signing on to be responsible for any previous balances or any purchases that you don't make. In some cases, you are signing on for both of those responsibilities.
1: I want to throw in here, too, that if you already know that you need to take some action and you need to get some help, uh, with, to, to solve your debt issue, give Sands and Associates a call. The phone number again is 1-800-661-3030 or check the website, sands-trustee.com. So, Blair, um, are there some further debt facts about what you can, uh, or what can and can't happen if you don't pay a debt that you want to include?
0: Oh, for sure. There's a few here, Elaine, and the first one is one that can really, really impact someone in a serious way if they're not anticipating this. It's called the right of offset, and what this is in simple terms, it's the right of a bank or another financial institution to recover money owed to them for an outstanding debt, so to basically get their debt paid back by taking money you have on deposit with them or an affiliated bank to pay the debt. So what it typically means is that if you've got a credit card at, you know, pick a bank, and you also have your daily banking relationship there, it might be the day after you've deposited your paycheck and you're expecting to pay the rent the following day, your account's been swept clean because you've got a delinquent account balance and the bank just got tired of saying, hey, you're late on this payment, so on and so forth. We're within our rights to go into your account and basically clean it out uh, if that's enough to satisfy the debt. So it can happen at the worst possible time uh, and your bank could withdraw all the money in the account and leave you literally with nothing. And then your next payments, you know, your NSFs or your uh, regular pre payments, they might not be able to be funded. And then you're dealing with NSF charges like for $50 a time. You can imagine insult to injury at that point. So the way that you deal with the right of offset is to not put yourself in that situation. So many banks, as you'll notice, if you look at their marketing, everything under one umbrella, you know, we can do everything under the sun. And that gives them the ability, if you're borrowing from them, to come and take your assets without having to do anything. They can literally push a button within the bank and that's about it. If you separate your borrowing and your daily banking, so wherever you put your paycheck in, you just don't have any credit relationship with them, you've frustrated that right of offset forever. That bank that you owe debt from, they could never go to another institution and suddenly take your money they would have to do a whole legal process it would take months you'd see it coming a mile away so it's the best practice for everybody just to not borrow where you do your daily banking
1: such a such a good piece of advice um what about the time that a creditor has to collect their debt does that ever expire or does it just keep going on and on and on
0: Well, that's a big one too, Elaine, that a lot of people don't realize. There is a time limit. There is a statute of limitations, so to speak. It's called the BC Limitation Act, and it limits the amount of time creditors have to take action to force you, which means to sue you, for a debt that's open. And in BC, it's as little as two years. So it changed a number of years ago. It used to be six years. If you owe somebody money, they can threaten to sue you you know, for six years. It changed a number of years ago. It's now two years. And the way that it's measured is two years after the date the debt was incurred, the date the last payment against it was made, or the date the last written acknowledgement of the debt by the person who owes the money, including an email, was made. So if two years have passed and you have not made a payment on the debt, you have not acknowledged the debt in writing, and nobody has taken legal action against you, um, this debt can become uncollectible. And what that means is that you could never legally be forced to pay this debt. If they tried to take you to court, your defense would be one sentence and it would be irrefutable. You'd say, it's the B.C. Limitations Act. It's beyond two years. Therefore, they've got no right to do this, and you would win. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't owe the money anymore. So just because the limitation period has elapsed, it means they don't have the legal right to force you to pay the debt, but they can do other things to you. They can still call you, they can still harass you, they can still threaten you as much as the threats might be empty, they still might be made and that can cause you some stress. Um, So the debt doesn't go away, but realistically your risk towards the debt is significantly lower once the two-year limitation period has passed. So well, a couple things. You've got to be careful about making small payments because, you know, if you're 1.9 years into that limitation period and you make, you know, a $10 payment on that debt, you know, a good faith payment or whatever, you've now reset that clock back to zero and the two year starts again. And the second point here is to realize not all debts have limitation periods. Any amounts owing to the government, there's no limitation period for income tax or student loans or anything like that. So it is, and you know, things like alimony or maintenance, no limitations on those, but your typical consumer debts, there is a standard two year limitation period
1: okay that's really important especially that whole if you've had any correspondence with the with the uh with the with the uh, person who's who who you're owing i think that's fascinating mm-hmm.
0: well yeah sometimes your best bet is just to go silent you know if you know you can't pay the debt it's not going to help you to pay ten dollars a month you're never going to hit the limitations period and sometimes saying nothing means that you're not going to incriminate yourself or are not going to reset that that clock so sometimes that can be a good action and we'll give you advice on that if that's your best course
1: Now, you've got a nice segment here about Canada Revenue, uh, their agency debt collection. Uh, How does that work? Because I bet that's a little bit different than others.
0: Yeah, the key takeaway there that people might not be aware of is, you know, some people are aware, hey, you've got to be sued for a debt before, you know, you can really have an impact against you, before your wages can be seized, before any assets can be taken from you, there needs to be a court action against you. You know, sometimes when people are made aware of that, they're like, okay, so when people are threatening they can do something overnight, it just can't happen. The exception to that is Canada Revenue Agency. Because they are the government, uh, they don't have to go to court, they don't have to get an order. If you're delinquent on taxes, if you've been non-compliant, they can implement some pretty severe remedies just about overnight. Now, typically, it's not their first step. They're going to try to work with you, call you, you know, try to get you on board, or try to get you to work with a trustee to restructure the debt. Um, But if none of that works, they can do a wage or a bank account seizure very quickly. They can even place a lien on your personal property, start to seize assets from you. So with CRA, just be aware they can shortcut uh, other collection uh, avenues that other collectors would have to follow.
1: And of course, at the end of the day, if you're if you don't want to go or pay attention to all to any of those things that we've already talked about, and you just want to deal with your debt, and that that's when I come and see you and, and you've got some options for me
0: well exactly so the best option that i always say people have never heard about and hopefully more and more people are hearing about it is the consumer proposal so it allows you to consolidate your debts without borrowing but also get those debts forgiven down to what you can actually afford so quite often it's in the range of 30 to 50 cents in the dollar maybe it's 25 35 depending on the situation but it can literally be somebody who owes thirty thousand dollars of debt with massive minimum payments interest accumulating every month it could be we reduce that down to say nine thousand dollars of debt you know just under a third of the total, and they pay nothing extra on top of that. It's a payment they can afford based on their income, and they've avoided the bankruptcy proceeding, avoided getting caught in the minimum payment traps for the next you know, 15 or 20 years. So a consumer proposal is incredibly powerful. It's something everyone needs to be aware of if you find yourself in a situation where you're just trapped making minimum payments, and you know it's going to take you a very long time to pay off the debt.
1: I also, uh, if if you're being hounded by uh, creditors and collection agencies, a consumer proposal uh, would shut all of that down as well.
0: Yep, dead in its tracks. As soon as you sign, the trustee is appointed like a referee. You only deal with the trustee, you get protection from all of your creditors.
1: That should be the number one reason that you would give Sands & Associates a call. As well, you can learn more about consumer proposals, debt consolidation, personal bankruptcy. Uh, you can explore all the different options if now is the time to take some action uh, to, to look after your debt situation. You can get your debt consultation with Sands & Associates easily. Appointments are available in person or remotely. Visit their website, uh, sands trusteecom and give them a call, 1-800-661-3030. The one thing that Sands & Associates does, and it's so interesting year to year, is a BC consumer debt study. And, uh, we're going to talk about all the details that came from the 2021 debt study report, uh, looking at British Columbia and, and where peop, what people were doing and how they were doing it and where they came from, all those things. Uh, the BC consumer debt study was produced by Sands and Associates and, uh, Blair's going to talk about uh, the key findings on what's driving consumer debt problems. Um, I guess the first thing I want to, I, I know we got lots of information, Blair, but is was it surprising um, what you found in the study from 2021 compared to what you saw in 2020 or 2019? I feel like we've been through so many changes the last couple of years. How did those show up or did they show up in your debt study?
0: there's you know, there's definitely, you know, a number of different surprises um, that we've seen. And we'll highlight a few of them about, you know, the average consumer getting older and having more payday loans. One of the big surprises what we didn't see is we expected, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, to really be a really big contributor to people seeking um, help with their finances. And that just wasn't the case. It was a very small percentage of people that said, yeah, COVID really put me behind. This is why I need help with my debts. Uh, You know, typically it was more of the circumstances outside of people's control. Um, you know the typical job loss, illness, marital breakdown, and things like that. But I right. think what that's leading us to think is, you know, we did this study when income supports were still happening; it still wasn't mm. clear. You know, we we're coming out of the pandemic, and you know now income supports are largely cut off. We're getting back to a sense of normalcy. So we think the financial impact of the pandemic it's just going to be start to be felt now and in the years to come. So it's kind of stay tuned for future surveys on that. But we had expected, you know, some massive percentage would be saying, you know, COVID is the cause of my debt, and it really wasn't. In the
1: study. That's interesting. And yeah, I think you're right. I think that all the repercussions are going to show up in in years to come in areas that we haven't even thought about yet sometimes, eh? see? All right. So it was the ninth annual consumer debt study. Uh, Let's talk about the particulars of it. How many people did you talk to and, and what did you find out?
0: Yeah, it's a really unique study because you hear some of these studies in the media, you know, a number of, you know, average consumers are scared about insolvency, but these were actually people that had filed an insolvency. This is people that had filed either a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy. They were their recent or current clients, and it was 1,700 people responded to our survey and gave us very detailed insight. You know, that's the equivalent of one in five people that filed an insolvency in all of BC last year. So if you really want to have your finger on the pulse of people in BC who are struggling struggling uh, with financial difficulty, this survey study is absolutely the window into that. Um, so every year we look at the general demographics, uh, the debt levels, the causes of problem debt, and as I mentioned, we usually have an additional focus, and this year it was trying to see the impact of COVID-19, uh, and then also understand the effects of debt stress, Um, you know, we know that people, debt has been normalized in our, in our current society. It's kind of a fact of life. People will have debt at some point, but what's not normalized is the conversations about when debt becomes a problem. So we just consistently see people suffering for too long, flailing about, not sure what to do, sometimes feeling incredibly stressed for incredibly long periods of time. So one big objective of the study is really just to shine a light on the profile of the typical person who's having debt troubles. And for a lot of people, they'll say, yeah, that looks a lot like me and maybe I can reach out for help too.
1: Interesting. Um, and I just want to throw in the, the fact that we're talking about this debt study and how interesting it is. But if you already know, uh, that, that you're in a situation that you need some help with when it comes to your debts, uh, I just want to say give Sands and Associates a call. It's 1-800-661-3030. Uh, check out their website, sands-trustee.com, filled with such good information for you to personally be able to move forward and, and take back some of this, uh, take some back, take some control back for you, and and figure out a, a good a good path forward through your debts. Um. So back to the study, Blair. Some of the main findings and trends that you, that you saw in this year's study.
0: Yeah. Well, you We've, we've been summarizing a bit, saying if you're a BC resident, you're struggling to see the end of credit card payments and your household expenses are going up, you're far from alone. That's the typical profile of the people that we've seen that are reaching out for help. So the highest proportion of people, about a third of the people that we surveyed, they had about twenty-five to $50,000 of debt. That's excluding a vehicle loan or a mortgage. Um, at the time, they started a formal debt relief process. Um, and credit card debt was overwhelmingly cited as the most common type of property Problem debt, it was five times more likely to be causing a problem than the next highest type of debt. So it's typically credit card driven and, um, you know, sweet spot is a weird term, but, you know, the most common spot where people run, in, run into trouble is around the twenty-five dollars to $50,000 mark. Uh, about 56% of people, as I mentioned, said the credit cards were the main type of debt that drove them into trouble. The next highest one was, again, at about a fifth of the incidents at 11% was tax debt, lines of credit at 10%. And what was interesting as well is, payday and installment loans were at 9%, uh, but that's actually significant growth. It was about 6% of 2020 study, 5% of 2019 study. So it's basically doubled in just two years, the number of individuals who have found that the payday loans or high interest installment loans are the things that are really pushing them over the edge of needing financial help.
1: And there and that's pretty scary, the payday loan situation. If you're ending up having to go there, um, the terms of that payday loan are, are, are just staggering, I find
0: yeah I, I i still don't understand how it can even be legal but because sixty percent is supposed to be the maximum uh, allowable interest rate in the criminal code, but when you add up all the fees cost of uh, borrowing, it can be five hundred percent interest in a year so it's just it really can build a, a tough cycle to get out of so that's one of the bigger insights we've seen is this payday loan problem seems to be you know accelerating um, in, in its impact on individuals you know another founding that, that we finding that we saw uh, was that an older population seems to be comprising a larger and larger percentage of those that are seeking help. So it was about 37, oh, sorry, pardon, pardon me, about 42% um, of our 2021 survey respondents they said they were 55 years old or older at the time of their insolvency, either pre-retirement or in retirement. Uh, in 2020, that was 39%. Uh, when we first started doing our studies back in 2012, it was 26%. So it went from 26 to 42% of individuals uh, over the age of 55 seeking help with their deaths, so It's the fastest growing demographic of anybody reaching out for help to us.
1: Wow. And I know that housing affordability, it's a huge issue in British Columbia, and in so many provinces across the country. Uh, how did it show up for BC residents?
0: Well, very, very few people that file bankruptcy or proposal are homeowners these days because the value of homes has escalated so high that, you know, people are able to tap, tap equity to pay off debts. Uh, but we found upwards of 80% of our client base are renting. Uh, and so many of our clients are just feeling squeezed as renting goes up or there's rent evictions. Uh, they really are starting to spend, you know, half of their income on rent. We see just far too often. So uh, it's very much more of a renter problem than a homeowner problem, at least in the province of BC right now.
1: Now I know that you said that that you were a bit surprised that covid the whole pandemic didn't come up as a as a real reason why people were in such a situation this uh, over 2021 versus 2020 etc but it's almost like covid was the umbrella over all of us and we all had to do things differently as a result and in some cases people just ended up losing um a foothold or wages or jobs would you say that's true or 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 not.
0: Well, I think I'm not sure, uh, because what was interesting to us is that the different causes, you know, four out of the five most common causes were outside of an individual's control. Um, so, you know, 18% of people said that it was using credit for cost of living that income could not cover. So, you know, now we're seeing the inflation on cost of living on an accelerated basis, so we expect that to continue. But the other main causes you know, illness, injury, or health-related problems at 10%, marital or job-related bre- sorry, marital or relationship breakdown at 8%, and then job- Related issues at 8%. We really thought, based on COVID, that that job-related issue would be much higher. That's actually the lowest in eight years of our study. So we thought people were having serious income interruptions, and maybe they were, but in terms of people that have filed insolvency proceedings, they really weren't citing job losses due to COVID as a contributing factor.
1: I see. Okay, so that's interesting. So either the number's larger than you, than we know it is at this point, because people just didn't seek help. I mean, that's possible Mm -hmm. too, right?
0: Yeah, much less pressure with collection agencies taking a backseat, courts closed. So yeah, I think the pressure is starting to ratchet up now.
1: Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, listen, if you're feeling like we've described you or talked a little bit about your situation when we've talked about the the debt study uh, for 2021, give Sands & Associates a call. It's 1-800-661-3030 uh, to make an appointment and get in to talk to somebody. Check out their website as well at sands-trustee.com. This is really the second segment. We're talking about um, the BC Consumer Debt Study that Sands and Associates did. What did you say, Blair? It was the ninth time that you guys Mm -hmm. have done this study?
0: Yeah, we started in 2012. This is our ninth one we've just completed now. Yep.
1: Excellent. So the first part, we talked about the actual data, uh, the hard data that was accumulated through uh, talking to 1,700 people who participated in the study. And this segment is to focus more on the impacts that pro- that problem debt can have on someone's mental health, well-being, just their overall how they're doing. And I, I think this is such an important thing because, boy, oh boy, folks feel like they're the only ones going through this and, and all the stuff that can come up as a result of that. Can you talk a little bit about who was surveyed and some of the key findings from the debt study about how debt is affecting people these days, Blair?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, Elaine, and I think it's interesting, too, and I've had listeners tell me this this before. It's folks that have been in debt, they can identify with, you know, all of these aspects I'm going to tell you about, about mental health, physical health impacts. If you've never been in that situation, you might not have a window into exactly how much of a burden debt can this can be on, on an individual the toll it can take so it's just so helpful for the general public even if those who may never struggle with debt just to be aware when you're carrying a debt burden it's something that can be a 24 hours seven day a week type of thing and it can even lead you know to, to the worst of all possible outcomes where people just you know give up on, on their joy of life and are not the father brother sister mother um, they know they can be so yeah. you know in terms of who we study, it was 1,700 individuals that had filed either a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy in the province of B.C. Uh, over the last about three years or so. So it's a really strong uh, component, about 20% of the equivalent annual volume um, of those people in B.C. that restructured their debt. So it's a great window into the average person in B.C. who's struggling with debt. What does that mean? And from a mental health and, you know, physical health point of view, being in debt impacts their life in so many ways. 70 per, 77% of people said that their mental health suffered by being in debt. of people said that their physical health suffered, and when we look into some of the details, the impacts of debt stress, you know, you can see it's a dire situation for many people. Uh, A lot of people experienced multiple impacts. Um, 68% of people said their self-esteem suffered, so just not being able, you know, even to use the word to honour your obligations, you're not able to honour your obligations. That's not good for your self-esteem, and the vast majority of people said, you know, they didn't feel like as much of a person because they were in debt. Uh, For four out of five people, People, they said their worry about debt was constant, so it wasn't an hour here or there, or a few minutes of a panic attack. It was every moment of every day they're thinking about this debt. And for three and four people, they said it actually led them to severe anxiety, which which became some in some cases debilitating. Uh, one of the most sobering findings that we see in the survey, and this has been relatively consistent as long as we've been asking this question for almost for nine years now. Roughly one in six respondents said the stress of debt results in them experiencing thoughts or contemplation of suicide um, so that just really focuses us at Sands and Associates to know um, you know it might sound trite they were saving lives by helping people with debt but there are individuals who if they don't get that help you know I've had the calls where people are saying you know I'm trying to think about will my life insurance pay out if I step out into traffic will my family be okay and we can fix all of these problems so to know that one in six people that are seriously in debt are contemplating you know ending their life because of it it just means we've got a ton more work to do to break down that stigma and encourage people to get help that much sooner.
1: And I, and I just, that speaks to Sands and Associates, Blair, and I, how you do business, uh, in terms of, and I mean, <laughs> it's sort of funny to say a, a, how you do business, but how you create the relationships and how you support people in taking, uh, physical action, real information-based action, but as well as supporting them emotionally to move forward. There's counseling involved, all of those good things uh, on top of this actual, this is what we need to do, this is what we need To fill out to move forward. And if this sounds like something that you really want to do right now and take some action on, give them a call. It's 1 800 661 3030. Check out their website as well, sans trustee.com. Just so many, uh, stress symptoms, debt stress symptoms that folks, uh, feel, Blair, at this time. And I, I know you all are, are pretty qualified to at least, if you can't help to see that and then to help folks move, move along and, and help, and just help them, period.
0: Yeah, you know, what, what's really interesting is to think about the opposite side. of people are feeling these impacts, um, you know, people are alienating themselves from family or friends or might be having, the, you know, the darkest of dark thoughts, but when you deal with the death problem, that goes away. Um, so, you know, it's so inspiring to us when we know, say, 39% of people in our study said they had to put life events on hold uh, because of their death, and then once they dealt with their debt, they're able to suddenly move forward again with their lives. You know, their relationships were suffering, when they deal with their debt, they're able to be better in their relationships relationships so it really is powerful once you can get this burden off of someone's back they can suddenly again fulfill their potential and that's in everyone's best interest that's the reason why there's an insolvency system is to allow people to rehabilitate from a tough situation and then go on and achieve much greater things in the future be greater contributors to society pay more taxes than they ever would because they're going to earn more money because the debt's not on their mind anymore so it really is in everyone's best interest for people not to suffer with debt
1: What were some of the warning signs that people indicated having that they knew that they needed to take some action?
0: Well, the most reported warning sign, this is over two-thirds, nearly 70% of people, they said they knew their debt was a problem because they felt the stress. We've said it a number of times in this show, Elaine, if you think you have a debt problem, that's the number one warning sign that you probably do. Uh, You know, other highly cited warning signs for about 60% of people They said it was only making minimum payments was a big warning sign. I was really happy to see that because that's been a bit of a change of consciousness for years. I've been hearing people saying, you know, as long as I can make the minimum payments, it means I'm okay, and that's not what it means at all. If you're only making the minimum payments on your credit cards, it means you're probably going to be... in probably going to be in debt for decades and pay off that balance multiple times over uh 39% 39% of people said it was accumulating more debt on their credit account. So every month they'd make some payments, but when they'd look next month, they had charged more than the payments and the balances just kept going up. Um, and in some cases, folks said they were turned down for a bank consolidation loan. That was about 20% of people. But it was interesting that only a third of people said they were getting collection calls. Um, only 19% of people said they were missing payments. And only 6% of people said they had something seized from them. So a lot of people think it's only you know, the worst of a dark situation. You should go and see a trustee to to restructure yourself. But the vast majority of people, I'm so happy, they're starting to take action a little bit earlier, not waiting until it's so completely dire. Um, But what's also interesting, too, is from a credit rating point of view, a lot of people think that, you know, only people that have poor credit ratings get into trouble with their debt. And almost 30% of people who filed a bankruptcy or a proposal actually had good to excellent credit. There's a number of people that will never miss a payment. They'll make all the minimum payments, but they'll know taking the step to restructure their debts is what they need to do so that they're not paying the debts off for decades to come and they can actually get back to owing zero
1: of the people that you talked to and that were involved in the survey um what was the number of consumers that were seeking help or, or trying to get help right away what kind of numbers did you come up with there
0: well, that's the, the biggest stat that tells us we have more work to do, Elaine. It was only 5% of people said that they sought professional help right away, which means 95% of people suffered for longer than they had to. And um, the reasons people gave for that was more than 60% said they just wanted to manage on their own. Uh, more than 50% said that they were embarrassed or ashamed about not being able to handle the debts. And about 40% said they were worried about being judged. So, you know, I definitely understand the wanting to manage on your own, but those other factors, if people are feeling ashamed, worried about, being judged, you know. I hope they're listening to our show. They're hearing, you know, just the genuine desire we have to help people in their situation and not make them feel any lesser than. You know, anybody can have a debt problem at any time, and it's quite possible to do all the right things at every stage and still need the help of a trustee. So you'll be met with compassion and empathy if you reach out for help.
1: The phone number to call is 1-800-661-3030 to get your appointment with somebody from Sands & Associates and get started. Uh, check out their website as well. You can make an appointment through there at sands-trustee.com. It's also filled with good information for you. You're listening to Dollars & Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates helping you get out of debt. You've been listening to Dollars & Cents. See you next time.